for your blessing upon each and every person today. Thank you for your blessing on the reading of the Word of God. We acknowledge that it is in truth the Word of God. And so, Father, we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about the ministry of a believer today. The ministry of a believer. Yes. Well, I want to give you some scriptures. Uh, first of all, what we're talking about. We, we are seed sower. Say, I'm a seed sower. I am a seed sower. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says uh, in Romans 10, 17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In order for people to be saved, they got to have faith. In order for them to get faith, they have to hear what God says about things yes. from the Bible. And uh, that means that somebody, the Bible said, how are they going to call on him and whom they've not heard? You know, or how will they hear like somebody be sent to preach? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. So that faith yes. comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we bring faith to people by bringing the Word of God to them. It gives them the ability to believe God. Hallelujah. Because their eyes are open. You know, the commission of Jesus to the Apostle Paul when he first met him on the road to Damascus was, I'm sending you forth to be a minister and a witness to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan back to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance given to all those who are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Praise God. And so there's a commission uh, to turn people from darkness to light. That they start living for the will of God. And not live for self-gratification or self-will contrary to God. But to, to live for God. But uh, they need the word. The Luke 8, 11 says the seed is the word of God. 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 6 says, Paul said, I planted Apollos watered, and God caused the miracles. God gave the increase. Praise God. So our part is to be a co-worker together with God, and we do planting, and we do watering of the seed. And sometimes we do harvesting of that seed. There's a different process, you know, in making a seed grow. There's planting, there's tilling the soil. You can do that through prayer, and then uh, planting the seed, and then watering the seed, and then... Uh, Praise God, then a harvest starts to come. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So uh, don't be discouraged if you don't harvest every time. Sometimes you're planting the seed. Somebody else will harvest. But the Bible said they that plant, they that water will uh, each receive their own reward. But they're working together. Hallelujah. Now 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. Praise God. So you got born again because that seed got into your heart, into the soil of your heart. And then James 1.18 says, of his own will, he begat us with his word of truth. Praise God. So you see, God uses his word to bring about the new birth. There needs to be a seed for a birth. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the water of the spirit. And then 1 Corinthians 4.15 Paul said, although you have many teachers, you do not have many fathers, for I have begotten you through the gospel. So he said, I have begotten you through the gospel. In other words, he's the one that brought him the seed. He's the one that brought him the word. He's the one that preached the gospel to him. Praise God. And they got born again through the preached word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. They got born again, born of the spirit, born of the word. 
hallelujah, and uh, came into a living relationship with the Lord. So people need faith. See, that's, I was talking about the book I just wrote. That book will give them faith. That book will explain to them what they need to do to cooperate with the Lord, praise God, in order to be born again. If they intelligently will cooperate, you know, and the Holy Ghost will fill in a lot of blanks for them. If they're hungry, if they will turn their hearts to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will help them. You know, I preached once on casting out devils. Jesus cast out a lot of devils. You know, about a third of his ministry was doing that. And uh, I preached on that one night, and a small group of people came up and got saved. <laughs> now, I don't know how the Holy Ghost filled in the gaps for that, but uh, them being in the atmosphere of the Word and hearing different things about redemption uh, and the message and so on like that, uh, they got faith to be healed. And, and our faith to be uh, saved. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit can, can help them. You know, I, I got saved in ignorance, but it's a whole lot better. You know, God said in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It's a whole lot better if we intelligently cooperate with the Holy Ghost and work in line with the way the New Testament says. And it's easier for him to get it across to us. Because I know with me, there was about three times he tried to get it across to me, but I didn't have enough information, you know. The first time, you know, we were at a, on Brady Street days. Remember Brady Street days? I think they still have uh, downtown uh, on the east side. And uh, we went into a, what was then, back in the early 70s, a Jesus coffee house. And they were giving away free Kool-Aid, popcorn, and Jesus rock band in there and so on. We heard the rock music and we always thought we'd stop in there and have some popcorn. And again, you know, after they played some music for a while, and it sounded just, it was about Jesus, but it sounded like rock and roll, you know. Uh, so we just sat there and listened for a while. Then some guy came up and gave an altar call, but he didn't make it clear enough because uh, from my background, I, I, I came from a background of Catholicism, and uh, I thought he was calling me to be a priest. You know, that's the only thing I could relate it to. And I felt the urge to get up and answer this call, but I wouldn't do it because we were already married. So I thought, how in the world can I do that? We're already married. <laughs> so I can't. So I resisted the altar call. So actually, probably would have got saved about four years earlier than, than we did. Thank God he didn't give up on us, you know. But, uh, but see how a lack of understanding can, uh, can hinder at times. And uh, another time I was invited to go to something. This was actually before we were married, before I met Tori, but it was still in Milwaukee. Invited to go to this Jesus whatever get-together. And uh, they also, it was a little odd because... They all sat around in a small room on pillows, and they all just kind of talked about what Jesus was doing for them. So, I mean, I, I thought it was fine. I'm talking about, you know, I, I just thought about Jesus 2,000 years ago or off into eternity. I wasn't thinking about him right here and now doing something in people's lives. But uh, they didn't give much information on uh, how to get born again or what that is or what, why you need to do it or anything else. So, uh, that was kind of just the last time I went there. I just, 
you know, this guy named Bart invited me, and, and uh, you know, he was just, just an acquaint acquaintance, you know, not a friend or anything. So I went there one time, and then I just thought, well, this is a little different, but, you know. So, but I never went back. But each of those things, I'm sure, planted some seeds in me. And then, you know, right before I got saved, well, some guy worked by me, and all he did was talk about Jesus for about two, three weeks. Morning to night, Jesus this, and Jesus that, Jesus this, Jesus set me free from alcohol, and Jesus put my family back together, and Jesus, you know. So he got me curious, got me reading the Bible on and off, and then, of course, you know my story. I started reading it one day, and God spoke to me right through it, and caused me to jump up in front of the bedroom, repent, and then call on the name of the Lord, and I got saved. So, you know, there were different seeds and different things, but uh, I think the process could be speeded up if we uh, are real clear about it. See, that's what I think this book does, is to be real clear about it. You know, really explain things to people to where you could just, you could hand it and say, this is what happened to me. And, and it's not just me, but hundreds of millions of other people that have gotten born again. This is what happened. And so Jesus' words are true because it happened to all these hundreds of millions of people from all over the world, different walks of life, you know, scientists, to people in Skid Row, to prisoners, to people in Africa, people in China, it happened to them. So uh, we want to, you know, we want to give them an accurate word that the Holy Ghost praise God. It's that much more helpful. Uh, for those people if they get something that's nice and clear. So they need a correct presentation of the gospel. And if we present it correctly, then we will work more accurately with the Holy Spirit. If we present it incorrectly, well, he's got to jump over those hurdles and try to figure out a way to fill in the blanks, you know. Or if you taught it wrong, well, then he has a little bit more of a problem uh, with that. But if we make it nice and clear for people about the gospel, praise God, well then uh, it's very helpful, you know. So Paul, Paul preached what he preached. It's good to find out what he preached. Not just pieces of what he preached, but to look at what he preached. You know, again, I, I say that Jesus told Paul to turn people, from, open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from Satan back to God. So he said, I went out and I preached that men should repent, turn to God, live lives worthy of their repentance. Hallelujah. So that's that's made, that's kind of the gist uh, of, of what he went out and preached. That men needed to repent and turn back to God and follow God. Live for God. Hallelujah. That this is the way. And now in John chapter 3, you know, Jesus uh, had Nicodemus come to him by night and say, Master, we know you're a teacher. You've come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you are doing except God be with him. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. See, now, listen to his misunderstanding. He said, Do you mean i got to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? See, how you know what born again is. You know, he's thinking in natural terms. The only time you ever heard about being born is coming out of your mother's womb. So Nicodemus asked Jesus, Do you mean i got to go back into my mother's womb, be born again? Jesus said, no, your physical birth gave you physical life, but my spirit, see, he started clarifying it for him, my spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And he said, you've got to be born of water, of the spirit, to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. 
like that. So he's talking about being born of the word and of the spirit and so on. So people, you know, he said, except the man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. So everybody has to be born again. I mean, saying you believe in the good Lord is good, but demons believe in the good Lord. Say, say, say you believe he died for your sins and rose again from the dead, that's, that's good, that's a part of things. But there's some other things that a person has to do to cooperate with God, according to the New Testament. See, so it isn't just that. That's a part of it, but it's not just that. It's like having a half a, half a dollar bill, you know, and won't spend. You know, you can rip a dollar bill in half and try to spend it for two dollars, it won't work. You know? Uh, you got to have the whole thing together. Now you could tape it together, they'd probably take it, but uh, uh, you can't just give them a half of what, what, what is there. And so we can't just give them a half the gospel. You know, we got to give them what, what the Word says. Now 1 Peter 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has begotten us again uh, to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, because He lives, we can live also. Bible said he quickened us together with Christ and his saving work. Praise God. He said you put faith in the operation of God when, when God raised him from the dead. And then he says that you, Colossians 3, what? Being risen from the dead. So spiritually, praise God, you were quickened and made alive. No longer dead in trespasses and sins, but alive to God. Now, these apostles... They cooperated with the Holy Ghost. They preached the Word of God. They didn't preach their opinions, their ideas, their dogmas, their creeds. They preached what the Bible, what the Word of God said, what, what the Lord commanded them to teach and to preach. But guess what? They're not here anymore. We do have their words of what they said and what they taught the church. Of course, the epistles are what they taught the church, how to, how to live, what to do. Praise God. The book of Acts shows... Uh, their actions as they began working with the Holy Spirit to help people come to the Lord and so on. Uh, but they're no longer here, so God can't physically work through them. I taught last uh, Wednesday about God works through man. That God needs your lips, He needs your hands, He needs to work for, through you because the Bible said now you are the body of Christ. See, you are the body that he has to work through. That's why he told us, pray that the Lord would send more laborers into the harvest. Yeah, because it won't be harvested unless laborers get involved. Unless we get involved, they won't be harvested. There will be no seeds planted. Amen. There will be no seeds watered. There will be no harvest. The souls won't be saved. See, the harvest is the souls. And uh, James said that the husband waits for the precious fruit of the earth. So, Jesus now, he's an example of a son of God, living in the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, praise God. And Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So we all were sinners. He came to save us. Thank God for that. Amen. And Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 it says, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, Repent ye and believe the gospel. Praise God. First thing he said was repent. In other words, you've got to stop following, stop following Satan. 
That evil. All the evil that's in this world, the lying, the cheating, the hating, the perversions, the, all the different things came in through the fall of man through the instigation of the devil. They're called the rulers of the darkness of this world. Ephesians 2.2 2 says that uh, people are, uh, of the world are being moved by the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now works in disobedient people. So there's something at work in them. See? And Satan's called the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 and 4. It said if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those who are lost. In them the god, little g, the god of this world has blinded the minds of those that believe not the gospel, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. So Satan is working to keep them blind. But on the other hand, Jesus sent us to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. So uh, Jesus knew the conditions that people needed to do. The Father sent him on a mission. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And so he said he came to call sinners to repentance. See, that's the first thing. Because they have to use their God-given free will and turn from Satan back to God. Hallelujah. So that's something that they have to do. They have to turn back to God. And, uh, you know, he talked a lot about hell. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. And he warned people that it's a real place. And that we shouldn't let uh, any of our bodily members take us astray from God. You know, he even said cut it off if it's going to keep you basically from God. You know, better that one bodily member perish than that the whole body be thrown into hellfire. So, you know, he's warning us there's a, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Now, let me give you four main points, see, that, that people need to know. Okay, he came to save sinners. And he, he said, I've not come to call righteous people, but I've come to call sinners to repentance. So they have to turn from their sins, which sins made them subject to spiritual death or separation from God, and put them under, Colossians 1.13, the authority of darkness, and made them subject or liable to the judgment to come. See, that's what, that's what sins do. Yeah, he said, know you not that whoever you yield yourself servants to obey his servants, you are to whom you obey, whether you serve sin, which leads you to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. So uh, he said you got to turn from being uh, sin's servant to serve the Lord. Paul said, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So Paul knew that. Say, just like Jesus knew that. So again, sin makes people subject to Satan because he's the father of rebels and sinners. And that's what Adam, why Adam became subject to him and why people became children of the devil, need to be born again, become children of God. Colossians 1.13, now it says there, God delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now he's talking about us born again people. He delivered us from the authority of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we were under the authority of darkness. Now, what put us there was, was a life of sin. We were under that authority of darkness. And there was wrath to come. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, Paul said, uh, do you despise the goodness of God, the long-suffering and forbearance of God, 
not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. See, now God needs us people to repent. So what, what happens is his, his goodness leads us to repentance. It says so that your impenitent heart doesn't store wrath for itself on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will reward everyone according to their deeds. That's what Paul said about it. So uh, this repentance thing, God, God knew it had to take place. That's why he leads people to repentance. Jesus knew it had to take place. Paul knew it had to take place. Acts 17, 30, he said, God commands all men everywhere to repent. Now we're talking today about the believer's ministry. That you have a ministry. That God wants to work through you. He wants to bless others through you. He wants to lead others to Jesus through you. He wants to heal others through you. He wants to help others through you. Praise God. Now, okay, so, so the first point is we're talking about intelligently cooperating with the Holy Spirit. See, if we present the, the gospel the right way, then it's a great help to the Holy Ghost. If Jesus knew they needed to repent, and God knows they needed to repent, the Holy Ghost convicts them, so they do repent. And the apostles knew they needed to repent. Peter in Acts 3.19 uh, said, Repent and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out. And times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. So the apostles, they all, they all knew that. So we should know that. We should know that. Okay, this is a part of it. We, can, we shouldn't leave this out. If it's in the Bible, Jesus said after his resurrection, Luke 24, he said, Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he told them, You are witnesses of these things. So then they need to know that. They need to, uh, they need to understand that, see? So if we want to cooperate with the Holy Ghost the way Jesus and the apostles did, well, then we want to kind of incorporate that in to let people know God loves you. He's telling you to repent because those evil things that people do to one another, those are the things that cause death, cause you to be subject to Satan and liable to the judgment to come. But if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. If you repent of it, God will hit the delete button. Praise God for the delete button. And the blood of Jesus. Amen? That just washes that all the way. Thank God for that. Okay, then uh, repentance comes first. It says that in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 about the foundational doctrines of Christ. It says repentance from dead works and then faith towards God and so on. Uh, the people need to use their free will. They need to believe in Jesus. He said, if you believe not in who I am, you'll die in your sins. They need to believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit who, who made the soul. See, the Bible said the Spirit of God made us. The breath of the Almighty gave us life. So the same Holy Spirit that gave us life will bear witness to the truth when they hear the truth about Jesus. He will convince the world about Jesus. Praise God. But he does that through us and through our words. It, it'll touch their hearts when you talk to them about Jesus. Because it's not just you, it's the Holy Ghost and you. He said you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes and you'll be my witnesses. So the Holy Spirit will work with any believer Praise God to help people understand that they need Jesus. So they repent and then uh, they use their free will to receive Jesus as Lord. So Paul said, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart, God's raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Now he also included repentance, you know, but not at that particular point, not at that scripture. But he said it in the same epistle in Romans 2. He said the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So, you can't just take 
you got to take everything they said on the subject. You can't just take one part out here and there. No, you got to put kind of put it all together because it's all the same contract, same covenant, like that. So. Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open up the door, I will come into him and have fellowship with him and he with me. So as many as call on the name of the Lord and invite him in, they will be saved. See, so if they repent and they'll turn to the Lord, praise God. John 1.12 said, for as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. You receive him. Paul said, Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. So you receive him. Uh, in. Hallelujah. We get people to receive them in. And when they do that, see, Adam, by his act of his will, he shut God out. The Bible said he was without God and without hope in this world. Ephesians 4, 18 said man was alienated from the life of God. Separated from the life of God. Separated from God. But then, uh, when we hear the gospel of God and we use our will and repent and turn from following Satan and say, no, we're getting back to God. Praise God. We invite Jesus, God's Son, in. Well, then He comes in our hearts. Hallelujah. And He begins to work changing us. He that has the Son, the Bible said, has the life. He that has not the Son of God does not have the life. So what happens is we receive the Son, and we receive a special kind of life that is in God and in His Son and in the Holy Ghost. And now it's in us, and it brings us in union with God, because we have the same uncreated life of God that's in God now in us. Praise God. That's what born again is. That's the whole reason for Judaism, Christianity, and everything else. Praise God. So people could be born again and receive the life of God back in them. He said, this is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So uh, this legally puts them under Jesus' lordship because they're confessing him as Lord. Under his lordship, under his care, under his protection. So that he could step in and start applying his redemptive work to their life. Praise God. So they don't need to know all that, but that's, that's basically what happens. Okay, then once they repent and accept Jesus as Lord, so that's why those scriptures are there, then they have to live for the will of God. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only they who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Praise God. So those are the ones that are going. John said, he that doeth the will of God will live forever. The Lord revealed in Revelation 22, 14, blessed are they that do his commandments. They will have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. And of course, his commandments in the New Testament are his will revealed. Basically, they're all fulfilled by love. You know, if you're walking in love, you're not going to hate people, cheat people, defraud people, lie to people, backbite people. Do all the, all the different evils that people do because of the fall of man. See, that's not the will of God. That's not God's will being done on earth even as it is in heaven. So God wants us to start to live like they do in heaven. So he wants them to live in the will of God because that's a great protection. That's the original environment we were created to live in is the will of God. Not outside the will of God. So God wants people to live for his good will. And his good will is that we walk in love and righteousness. The kingdom of God, it says it's not meat or drink, it's righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So we want to help people along this line. Well, this new book I've written will, will make this all clear to people. 
This is what you need to do. This is why you need to do it. Why you need to repent of sin because otherwise you're liable to be under the authority of Satan. You're liable to the judgment. You're liable. But God wants, he did all this work to free you from this so, so that uh, you don't have to stay in a place where you face the wrath to come. You, you can walk with Jesus and, and be blessed and be helped. Hallelujah. Revelation 14, 12 says, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The two are connected. There's New Testament commandments. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then uh, point number four. These are, these are main points, praise God, that will help you to cooperate with the Holy Ghost when you're telling people. Explain to them why, why you have to repent. Say, because all these evil things make us liable to the judgment. They put us under the authority of Satan. You know, they cause death spiritual death to us. So we don't want to we don't want to live there. You know, so you gotta ask God to forgive you so you can get rid of that mess. And he paid the price through Jesus so that could all be washed away by the blood of Jesus. You could become a new creature and uh, become a new person. And then uh, you gotta accept Jesus as Lord so he can step in and help you. Praise God. You gotta use your own free will. He's not gonna kick the door in. You've got to open up the door and invite him to come in. Hallelujah. And then uh, you've got a purpose to, by the help of God, His grace, you've got a purpose to live for the will of God. Hallelujah. He that doeth the will of God will live forever. Amen. So we want, we want to intelligently cooperate with the Holy Ghost to help them. And then uh, the fourth point I wanted to make along this line uh, is that once they uh, repented of the life of sin, should they sin after, after they become a Christian, they need to, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 20 and 21, uh, he said he bewailed many that in the church that had sinned already not yet repented. Jesus told each of the churches in the book of Revelation that were doing wrong, he told them to repent. So it's still an important thing because it takes an act of the will to, to knowingly commit a sin. And so it takes an act of the will to knowingly humble ourselves and acknowledge it to God. And then he gives grace to the humble. Praise God. Then he'll, then he'll cleanse us. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26, it says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, apt to teach, uh, instructing those who are opposing themselves. See, if we're, if we're living contrary to God, we're fighting ourselves. We have a transgressor's heart. Uh, it says... Uh, Instructing those that oppose themselves, peradventure God will grant repentance. Here he is granting repentance to the believer again. Repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves. See, they're the only one that can recover themselves by humbly acknowledging the truth to God. All through the Bible, he looked for an acknowledgement, a confession. He that confesses and forsakes his sin will find mercy. And he said even 70 times 7 if they turn and say, I repent. He said, you shall forgive them. So that's because the will has got to turn. It, it yielded to Satan. Now it's got to turn and acknowledge, God, I did wrong. I, I'm sorry. I should have listened to the devil. I did wrong. Say, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. Well, 1 John 1, 9 says, if, if, on the condition that you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So that same blood that cleanses before just cleanses you again and washes that all away. Then you just accept it, not on the basis of feeling, but on the basis of the Word of God, 
that he said he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of it. Therefore, you're forgiven and cleansed of it. Paul said, by repentance and acknowledging the truth, you can recover yourself out of the devil's snare who had taken you captive to do his will. But if the devil took you captive to do his will by getting you to do wrong, the way out is by repentance and acknowledging the truth. Then we recover ourselves. And the blood of Jesus, that puts God in a position. He can give grace to the humble. You're humbling yourself. You're acknowledging the truth. That's right. And uh, praise God, you, you confess it. And God gives grace and mercy. You can come boldly to the throne of mercy and grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help you at the time of need. So those things are available. So we want to encourage people along that line. Then if you take the notes, Revelation 2, verse 20 through 22, uh, the Lord talked about a woman named Jezebel in the church that was te teaching people that it's uh, basically, I think what she's teaching is that it's okay to yield to the sins of the flesh and fornication. And that's that's uh, some of the teaching back there was that, well, it's only the flesh. The flesh is going to perish. That ain't going to make any difference. But Jesus said, I gave her space to repent. And she repented not. You know? So he told her to repent. Gave her space to repent. See, somebody asked me, as a matter of fact, the preacher just asked me a couple weeks ago. He said, what do you think, you know, if you're living for the Lord all this time and you mess up once and then you get in a car wreck and you, and you, <laughs> you die, but you weren't living right at the moment you died. Well, right there it says the Lord gives space to repent. So he would give you space. Praise God. There's, there's space uh, to repent. But it's not good to live in sin, you know. It's dangerous to live in sin. You don't want to live in sin. You want to live for the Lord. We're Christians. Jesus said, he that follows me will not walk in darkness. He leads us in paths of righteousness. Amen. For his name's sake, the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. So we want to consistently follow the Lord. But we see that the Lord gave her space to repent. But after the space he gave her, he said she didn't repent. So then he talked about, you know, she's going to go through a tough time now. Like that. So you can look that up yourself. But he did say 70. He told Peter, forgive 70 times 7 if they turn and say, I repent. Say, if they acknowledge what they did is wrong. And so on. So he wouldn't be telling Peter to do something that he'd not be willing to do it himself. So he's willing, but the will has got to make a decision to turn from Satan back to God. Say, that's how, that's, that's how you get out of it. You yield it to Satan, come under his authority, but now you take your will, I reject that, forgive me for that, Lord, I turn it to you. God can help you, bless you, wash that thing away. Praise God. But the Bible said, don't, you know, don't play with it, because it only become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Acts 3.26 said God sent Jesus to bless us by turning away every one of us from our iniquities. So that's one of the ways he sent Jesus to bless us. Because iniquities give place to the devil. Give place to death and problems and, and a lot of different things. You had enough problem with the devil coming against you without inviting some more. Amen? Hallelujah. And say amen. Say oh my. It's true anyway. Praise God. So the acknowledging of the truth is a humbling of oneself and it's an action of the will that reverses the decision that we did to submit to Satan and now we're turning and submitting to God. Now in, in Matthew 4.19 he said, come and follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. 
Now we're talking about the believer's ministry. I just pointed those four points out so you've got an idea, okay, this is what people need to know. Okay, but now he said, come follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. So you're called to go fishing. But you're not fishing for fish. It's okay to fish for fish. Jesus, Jesus and the apostles fish for fish. So he got his tax money. Praise God. He said, okay, the first fish to bring up, look at his mouth, there'll be a coin there. Go ahead and pay our taxes. Hallelujah. Well, thank God for that. But uh, he's talking more about fishing for men, using the right bait to fish for men. And then, then of course, a few verses later, in Matthew 4, verse 23 and 24, it says he went through the towns and villages, uh, healing all manner of sickness and diseases, and preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. So we said that healing is a, is a good dinner bell to, to get people's attention. If something supernatural happens to them, praise God, and, you know, we're going to want to train you in the near future uh, how to go door-to-door. -door. You know, we've gone door-to-door -door before, and if you go door-to-door -to -door and ask if people need prayer, they're pretty open. Most of them are very receptive. We had to invite you right in, sit you down in the living room couch, and tell you their problems, and want prayer. If you go there and say, are you saved, they'll close the door on you. Because <laughs> that just threatens them. They don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know, ah, that's beyond me. Uh, uh, but you should treat them nice, treat them with love. And if you go and ask about prayer, after you've asked them if they need a prayer, they pretty much open up to you. Because they know you care about them. Hallelujah. And so Jesus, one of the things he did because once you're born again, you have power over all the power of the enemy. And the people that are sinners or just religious people that are not born again, they're not really responsible. The Bible said if there's first the willing mind, it's accepted according to what a man has, not according to what he has not. Well, they don't have much. So if they're willing to get prayed for or whatever like that, most of the time God is at them. See, we, we found that out now. We found out you go out on the streets and pray for people, and so many of them will get healed. And it's a witness. Now, you, you probably all, if you go on YouTube or that, you find out if you tell people, see, there's Muslims in that called out to Jesus, not knowing whoever the real God is, you know. If you're out there and you show yourself to be, and you see all these testimonies of Jesus appearing to people, Jesus appearing to Muslims. He can do fantastic miracles for them, praise God, because they're ignorant and they don't know what's going on. And he'll do amazing things for them. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a testimony of uh, somebody mentioned Jesus to this, I think it was a Muslim woman, her mother was dying, and uh, she had this disease or incurable disease or whatever. And uh, the person said, well, Jesus answers prayer. And so on her own, she just said to the Lord, she said, if you're real, then I'll give you a week to raise my mother up and heal me. Do you know within a week, her mother was raised up and she got healed. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because they are ignorant. And signs are for the unbeliever. These signs, the Lord worked with them and says, confirming the word with signs follow." So I'm more and more convinced that almost anything you pray with them for, praise God, something's going to happen. Something good's going to happen to them. I know my son John, he prays, if they don't need healing, he prays peace and joy on them, and they get touched with peace and joy. And good feelings, they can feel God. 
even if they didn't need healing. See, but so many of them get healed too. Pains they had their whole life. Just leave. You know? Last week, I think that one of the guys I prayed with, he had pain. 10 out of 10 pain. Almost his whole life. He had a different parts of his body. You know, we asked him, what's the pain level? He's a 10 out of 10. And uh, within a minute or two, all of his pains are gone. Now, no medicine could help him. No doctor could help him. But the Holy Ghost could help him. Hallelujah. Because the Holy, guess what? Because the Holy Ghost acts, still acts like the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Jesus is still Jesus. The Bible is still the Bible. And uh, now as I'm putting things together in my own mind, I'm, I'm realizing God will do fantastic miracles for those sinners out there. I read about this one guy. He was even a jihadist. And uh, he was willing to die for his faith in his God, which is really no God at all. See, an imaginary God. But he was willing to die, and he signed up for it all and, and everything. And in the process of things, he ended up <coughs> having some fake IDs made so he could get through certain things. And he got caught by one of these rough countries uh, with fake IDs. He got thrown in prison. And they didn't treat him very good there, even though, you know, it was a Muslim prison. But yet, uh, he got thrown in there and uh, was treated really bad. And uh, he said he fasted and prayed, and all of didn't hear him. He said, nothing, just nothing. And he finally came to the end of his rope and said, whoever God is, whoever, whoever there is the real God, if you show yourself to me, if you show yourself to me, I'll, I'll serve you, something along, along that line. And guess what happened? One much longer, Jesus manifested, he said Jesus manifested uh, in his room, in, in his cell room, you know, behind the, the uh, bars in there with him. And he said, he looked and he saw his, his hands in that with nail-pierced hands. And he wondered why he called out to God and Jesus came. That's because he asked whoever the true God is. Well, it's kind of like Peter uh, saying when Jesus was walking on the water in the middle of the night and they all thought it was a spirit. They cried out for fear. And Jesus came walking and he cried out. He said, don't be afraid. It is I. Be of good cheer. Peter said, if that's you out there, Lord, speak to me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat, began to walk in the supernatural on the waves and the water to go to Jesus. If that's you out there. See, Jesus said, well, it is me, so <laughs> come. <laughs> like that. And he, this, this Muslim guy called out to God. And Jesus said, well, I got to go. He's calling out to God. And he goes, that's who I am. He'll call me I am for nothing. I am the way. I am the light. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the resurrection. So he appeared to him, and the man broke down and just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried, and cried, and cried, and cried. Gave his life to Jesus. Got saved. And in the next day, I think it was the next day or two, somebody walked by his cell in a Muslim prison and said, I think you're looking for this, and gave him a Bible in a Muslim prison. <laughs> How in the world did that happen? Well, praise God, God is God. Amen? 
God's got all kinds of ways. God shook Paul and Silas. They were thrown in prison. They prayed and sang praises to God. And when they did, God shook their jail cells uh, doors open and shook their shackles off. And they had a revival. Well, is God the same or is he not the same? God's the same God. That's New Testament Bible. That, if that happened once, it could happen again. Amen? So there's uh, many things that God is willing to do for those sinners out there. And you could be a channel of that blessing. Hallelujah. So when you pray, just believe something really good is going to happen to them. That because they're ignorant, God can move. He can move with gifts of healings. They don't even get it on their own faith. It's just gifts given to them. You know, like in Acts 28, when all those heathen on that island of Melita came to Paul and then he prayed for every one of, them, one of them and they all got healed. Praise God. I mean, those were rank heathen. Worshippers of false gods and they all got healed. Well, that blows some people's theology out of the water. But it doesn't make any difference. Jesus died for us all and took the curse for us all. And they're ignorant, so they get to get it. That's why you can tell people. You can tell people. Uh, well, call out to God. Ask Him to show Himself to you somehow in some way, and He will. See, if they're sincere, and if they're ignorant, and they're sincere, and they're willing to do that, somehow, in some way. I witnessed to a man, and uh, he wasn't sure about what I was saying. But he was out, you know, I, I talked to him, and he was out cleaning his pool, his swimming pool. And, and he, said, he said, a voice spoke to him and said, I want to clean your soul out just like you're cleaning that pool out. I mean, he heard that. And right away he's thinking, well, it's got to be God. The guy just talked to me about God. Now, God, now a voice comes and says, I want to clean out your soul. He turned his life over to the Lord. And then me and my wife went over to their house. We saw his wife, his wife, I don't know, she looked like she was in a motorcycle gang or something. I mean, she looked hard. She looked mean. She, uh, you know, I've never seen a mean-looking woman like that. <laughs> but then a little while later, she accepted the Lord, too. And her face was just soft and tender. And sometimes it will shine right through the person, that change that Jesus makes. And, and her, it, I mean, it was dramatic change. I mean, a dramatic change. Hallelujah. So I want you to believe in the believer's ministry, if you pray for things to happen in their lives, tremendous things can happen in their lives. Praise God. Because they're in you. That's why this healing works uh, outside of the streets easily because it's like the gift. You're like a delivery person. You're delivering gifts of healings to them. You're delivering blessing to them. You're the body of Christ. You're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You're there ministering to them. You're there uh, helping them, and God is using you. So uh, Jesus went praying for people and then preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Praise God. And then in Luke 9, verse 1 and 2, it said he called his call together, gave them power over all devils, and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. Now we've had people healed of epilepsy, cancer, Arthritis, different kinds of things. Hallelujah. And, and most of these people are more ignorant people. See? Now when you become a believer for a while, you've got to start believing for yourself. Like that. There's certain responsibility that comes with us. And 
Praise God. We're still, you know, we're going to look into the Lord for some good answers and from the Word. It's all in there. We just got to find, praise God, how we can easily connect up with God ourselves by exercising our own faith. But, uh, then Luke 10, verse 1 and 2, he sent out 70 others also, and he told them to heal the sick. Verse 17 through 19, they returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. And he said, Behold, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will by any means hurt you. But what the Lord needs is co-workers. He needs vessels that will bring the miraculous to people, that will bring answer prayers to people, that will bring joy and victory to people. That can, Jesus was sent to heal their broken hearts. I know my son John testified uh, a number of times that he prayed for people's broken hearts. You know, maybe something broke up with somebody or different things and their hearts are broken. Jesus is the healer of the broken hearts. He said, the Spirit's upon me because he's anointing me to heal the broken heart. To set at liberty those whose lives have been bruised. To preach deliverance to the captives. The recovery of sight to the blind. See, there's different things that anointing of God that's in your life as a born-again believer that it can do for people. And if you realize, okay, I'm just a delivery person. It's not my great faith or anything. It's just me being a vessel. I'm a co-worker together with God. So again, the seed is the word of God. It gets sown into the soil of men's hearts. And there can be a harvest. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 20. Now, I don't have too much more to go, but... Let me just give you these other scriptures here. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has now committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, same ministry as Jesus. He's the head, we're the body. Now the head went back to heaven. He can't operate that way in the earth, but he operates through you and me. You're his pulpit. See, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit or to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. But the two chapters later, he said, Now God said he'll walk in you and dwell in you and work through you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Same way, Jesus left us an example that we should follow in his steps. So Paul said, Now that we are ambassadors for Christ. So we send out an ambassador to reveal the will of our country. See, Jesus sends us out as ambassadors to reveal what he said about things, what he did about things, to make peace with these people. God wants to make peace with them, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, of course, the Great Commission, Mark chapter uh, 16, verse 15 through 20, he said to all believers, go into all the world, preach the good news to every person. He said, and these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. Say, so do you do that, Pastor? Yeah, whatever we have to do that, we do that. Sometimes people are depressed and fearful, but God's not giving them a spirit of fear. So what's causing that? Some kind of spirit of fear. He commanded to go. People get free. Praise God. Things happen. My name, cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands upon the sick, and the sick will recover. They went out and preached everywhere, in the highways and the byways. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. See, that's why he's doing it. Signs are following. Confirms the word. Hear that sign knocking over? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. So 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, we are co-workers together with God. John 14, 12, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. Praise God, because I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you. Hallelujah. So we all have a believer's ministry. See, when we get these books, there will be great tools for us to hand out. Hallelujah. As a part of our believer's ministry. Because the written word, like the written word of God, God uses to get me saved. He can use it to get people saved. Praise God. And uh, we've had people that have you know, come to the church here and had gotten saved off a booklet that we had written and given out. And I'm planted in the church because of, uh, of booklets, praise God, with the Word of God in them. Amen? So there is the believer's ministry to the world, and then there is the believer's ministry. Paul said having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether it's teaching or ministering or showing mercy to people, there's another grace in you to be able to do something for the church. And God, God sent the members of the body as it pleased Him. That's why it's really important that people don't just detach themselves from the, from the body that God has started because if He sent the members in the church as, as it pleased Him, then if we dissect the church and cut, cut it in parts, and you know, you got a hand running over here, foot kicking itself over there, you got, you know, no, no, God is put a, putting a body together. Praise God. It's, it's a local body. It's a church body. And so people have different things that they are to do in that body with the grace that's given unto them. And so we should find out, okay, Lord, what will, like Paul, first thing he said to Jesus, what will you have me to do? We should find out what the Lord wants us to do in the local church. But we all have believers ministry to reach out. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere to preach of the word. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm looking forward to getting those books out and us passing out thousands of them. And uh, hallelujah. So you're going to have an assignment to reach out with these books and then to pray for people out there. Amen. Glory to God. So I believe good things are going to happen. I believe we're going to see. The Bible says if you go forth bearing precious seed, without a doubt you'll come again rejoicing, bringing your harvest with you. So I believe we're going to see a harvest of souls from the seeds we plant. Praise God. Father God, I thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it's in our hearts. Lord, you showed us in the word of God that we do have a believer's ministry to fish for men, that uh, we are to work with the Holy Spirit and cooperate with him and say and do what Jesus and the apostles did so that we can more intelligently cooperate with the Holy Ghost so he can accomplish in their lives what he wants to accomplish. So we thank you for teaching us that, instructing us that, and I also thank you for helping people, uh, praise God, to uh, uh, people that will uh, work in the church, find out where their grace is, praise God, and uh, cooperate with what God wants to get accomplished in the earth as he's building his church. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we give you praise for it all, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.